With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius, the official energy drink of PewterReport.com and the Pewter Report podcast. It is a Tuesday edition of the show. Want to thank everybody that is watching and joining us in the chats today. We will get to uh, some of your guys' questions and, of course, Super Chats. Always get to cut the line before anything else. Got a fun topic to talk about today. Because we're talking about the greatest offensive player in the history of Tampa Bay Buccaneers football. That, of course, is Mike Evans. We will be talking about the greatness that is Mike Evans. Is he still underrated? Is he overrated? Some people feel that way. Not necessarily Bucs fans, but uh, you know, fans across the NFL. We're going to talk about his stature among the Bucks lore. Is he uh, is he on the Mount Rushmore of all-time Bucks? Obviously, a lot of great players to participate in this franchise. And, of course, we'll get into the contract extension that should be coming for Mike uh, sooner rather than later, at least by the end of the summer or by training camp gets here. So I'm your host, Matt Matera. Join with me is the face that runs the place at pewterreport.com. SR, Scott Reynolds. Scott, how are you doing this afternoon? Doing great, man. Doing great. Here to talk about Mike Evans today. It's always fun because you know, I've covered every second of this guy's Buccaneer career. Started in, in 2014 as, as a Bucks first rounder. And uh, Jason Light's first ever draft pick. Boy, yes. what a, you know, when you draft a, a future Hall of Famer with your with your first ever draft pick, uh, that's that, that's a good start for any general manager for sure. Yeah, uh, Jason Light. Got put on the map right away with the draft pick of Mike Evans uh, oh so many years ago. And it's so funny when I think about Mike Evans, the player, and there, there's so many different directions you can go with it. The, you know, nine consecutive seasons with a thousand yards to begin a career, the number of touchdowns he's uh, he's scored for this team, um, you know, what he means off the field with all of his uh, donations and his charitable work. But even going back to his days at Texas A&M, I just think of, the polarizing figure of quarterbacks that Mike Evans has played with throughout yeah. his career. You go back to Johnny football uh, at Texas A&M, then obviously coming to the Bucks, worked with Josh McCown, a lot of years with Jameis Winston, polarizing figure, whether you like him or not, uh, a little bit of Fitz magic. And then of course, right. Tom Brady, another mega, mega, mega star, a, yeah. uh, a polarizing figure in himself. And, I think that's what helps Mike more than anything else. You want to talk about his body of work and the 1,000 yards I just talked about. He, it wasn't like it was Peyton Manning and Reggie Wayne the whole time. That's right. Yes. Tom Brady and Mike Evans was only for three seasons, and last that's year right. many are calling a down year yeah. for Mike Evans. So I just look at all the different quarterbacks that he's played with, and it's like, man, this guy is truly one of the greats just considering different styles, 
A lot of losing seasons, winning seasons as well. Mike Evans has always been the constant. He has always been the guy that's been there performing, whether the team is playing well or playing poorly. Yeah, there's no doubt. Uh, his first touchdown catch came in one of only two Buccaneer victories in 2014. That was at Pittsburgh. That was a big upset. Um, caught a touchdown pass from Mike Lennon in that game. Mm-hmm. And that was his first score. And then Vincent Jackson had a, a leaping one-handed catch from Lennon at the, the end of the game to pull the upset. So, you know, he's he's come a long way from from being, um, you know, a just a, a first-round wide receiver to really becoming the Buck, the Bucks' best all-time weapon. He is, yeah. you know, and, and I, I covered the greatness of Mike Allstott during his time here in Tampa. And, and Allstott certainly had the touchdown record, the Pro Bowls, the Super Bowl victory back in 2002. And uh, I would say probably two years ago, I'd say in 2020 is really when, when you could say Mike Evans had eclipsed Mike Allstott as the greatest Buccaneer um, on the offensive side of the ball um, beat him in, in terms of the term of the total touchdowns has rewritten the record book for wide receivers uh, as, as good as Allstott was, he was part fullback, part running back, part mm-hmm. pass catcher out of the backfield. James Wilder still to this day is the Bucks all time leading rusher and Allstott didn't even have a thousand yard season. When you talk about thousand yard receiving, receiving seasons in in uh, not just Tampa Bay, but the NFL. It's Mike Evans. I mean, you're talking about the only wide receiver to start his career with nine straight 1,000-yard seasons. Uh, I think the only thing that stops him this year from hitting 10 in a row, Matt, is is an injury. And, and really, Mike Evans has been uh, incredibly durable. Now, he's been dinged up. He's been hurt. But he's battled through injuries to, to continue to play. He's an ultimate warrior for this team. Yeah, I the first thing that I really think about was when he got injured late in the I want to say it was the 2020 season or the 2021 yes. season. I believe it was 2020. And he got injured like the second to last game of the season. He still needed to get those a thousand yards. And he played against the Falcons that last That's week. Right. And he was hobbled and he made the catch. He got the yards, got hurt again. And it was like, oh no, like is he gonna be ready for the playoffs? And then he balled out in his first ever uh playoff game, you know, scoring yeah. a touchdown, putting up a lot of yards, but I still feel like to a degree, Mike Evans gets underrated compared to a lot of the wide receivers of today's day. And yeah. age. You know, and maybe it was like the, the time when he came in, I think there were some bigger names out there and not necessarily Mike's fault because, you know, the buck, it's the same thing we talked about with Levante David, you know, he yeah. never got a ton of recognition because the team was losing and, you know, you talk about like Antonio Brown. He was on a lot of great Steelers teams and was putting up unreal right. numbers. I think Odell Beckham, you know, he, he went to the Giants. He's in a big yeah. New York market. And I think that hurt Mike to a degree. Because if you said well, right now. It, you're right. And to stop you for that point, because you make an excellent point, that one-handed catch, right, where it's it's turned yeah. into, the, into the term Odell, right? Yes. It's like, <laughs> like you've got Moss for Randy Moss, mossing a guy going, going up and, and getting the ball. When when you when you Odell a ball with that one handed catch that happened on Sunday Night Football, right? It Chris did. Collinsworth, you know, was losing his mind when that play happened. And you think of all of the times prior to Tom Brady arriving here. I mean, how many times was Mike Evans on national television? You know, once or twice a year, That's barely. It. Yeah, that was a Giants Cowboys game. Yeah. Um, but like, if you were going to say, would you rather have Mike Evans' career or Odell Beckham's? Just like the caliber player. Oh, yeah. 
it's Mike Evans a million <laughs> yeah. times out of a million. Like I know it, it's not even close. And I'm not even saying with the injuries that Odell Beckham has gotten over the past couple of years. And that plays a factor into why he hasn't been as productive. And I know he got the Super Bowl two right. seasons ago with the Rams, but I think you would have to go with Mike over Odell Beckham. No question. And, you know, you throw like DeAndre Hopkins into that. And then you look at like today's star wide receivers and they haven't necessarily passed Mike by, but in terms of like publicity, like Jamar Chase, we're talking about him all the time. Sure. Justin Jefferson. Yes. We're talking about him all the time. And I just, I feel bad for Mike a little bit in terms of, you just said it, the Odell, the catch. Right. Mike has had monster, monster games for the yeah. Bucks. Even last year against the Panthers when they lost, Mike balled out in that game. Right. Or uh, the other one that stands out to me is when he had three touchdowns against um, the Giants and Daniel Jones' first career start. And the That's Giants right. came back and won that game. Mike Evans, fantasy football-wise, can get a little boomer bust because he'll have a yeah. crazy game of like 10 receptions, 200 yards, and three touchdowns. And then the next week he'll have two catches for two yards, but for two touchdowns. And right. it's like, you know, I'd like a little bit of a more even keel type of play, but Mike yeah. can put up monster games, but I don't know if he has like a total signature moment or a signature right. season, kind of like other guys, for example, um, you know, the, the saints wide receiver, Michael Thomas had one incredible year in 2019. Right. And he's ridden that wave for so long, which is crazy yeah. to me. Cause he had one stellar season. And besides that has never been able to live up to, that yeah. one year, and Mike does it. Well, he's got a stellar in. nickname, Slant yeah. Boy. I yeah, mean, Mike Slant doesn't even boy. have a nickname, right? I mean, <laughs> you know, yeah, but if, I, Mike. if I'm Mike, I, yeah, I don't <laughs> want Slant Boy, that's for sure. Uh, but you know, the, the thing about, about uh, Mike Evans that that is um, that, that I think is has, has hurt him has been his humbleness. Uh, he, yeah, he really doesn't care I, uh, about wow. the respect around the league. I, I, I think he's got enough surrogates in the media and. And, uh, you know, gosh, you even have Cam Jordan from the Saints kind of sticking up for him. Boy, I mean, yeah. uh, you know, Mike Evans, uh, for all of the, the, the battles, and when, when I say battles, I mean fist fights with Marshawn you know, Lattimore, um, you know, for him to stick up for a, an NFC South uh, division rival like that, the way he did was, was just phenomenal. Yeah. So, you know, for me, I, I, I look at, at Mike Evans as um, he hasn't helped himself, but I don't think he cares. He's never been a me guy. He doesn't do endorsement deals. He's not, uh, you know, he's not front and center uh, bragging about himself, uh, talking about himself in third person. Um, he's not a diva wide receiver at all, right? And, and no. I mean, I've, I've seen a diva wide receiver. Keyshawn Johnson was the epitome here in Tampa of, of, of a diva wide receiver. You had Deshaun Jackson kind of the same way. Um, I think that, that when he grew up uh, in, at the age of 20, as Luke Easterling uh, pointed out, a uh, friend of the program, 20 years old. He comes into the league as, as a first-round draft pick, only spent two years at Texas A&M, really made Johnny Manziel. Mm -hmm. He comes in, he's got Vincent Jackson as a role model. I mean, what an incredible guy to to learn uh, from a pro's pro. And uh, and, and Evans came in as, uh, as as already a guy that was not about, you know, the self-proclamation. That was Johnny Manziel uh, at Texas A&M. <laughs> And, and I, I just think that he's he's let the numbers do the talking and he's let his play do the talking. And I think at the end of the day, that's enough because he's he's been he's been the producer. Um, he hasn't had the you know eight Pro Bowls in, in nine years. He's at four. Um, you know, he's he's barely hit a thousand yards in a couple of those seasons. Yeah. 
But at the same time, he's got a record that nobody else has, and and he's he's going to be thirty in August. So 21st. yeah, and 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 I've seen it in 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 my ten year doing this. Even a guy like Keyshawn Johnson can play into their mid thirties. Because when you're a big body receiver, even if you lose a step, you still have the ability to box out the wingspan, yeah. the ability to go up and get the ball. And 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 if Mike Evans eventually becomes an 800-yard possession receiver at age 34, 35, that's still better than a lot of players in the league getting numbers like that. Yeah, without question. Mike, his, just his overall skill set, he's very able-bodied to be a guy that can play very, very long. Kind of like how... And a little bit different, uh, you know, body frames and types, whatever. But Larry Fitzgerald was more than capable of adjusting his own type of game when he got older. It was like, all right, let me just get open. Like, Mike has never really been the yards after the catch guy. We'll see about this season because that's all what Dave Canales' offense is about. But Mike is the guy that's just going to win his battle, get open, and he'll get out of bounds right after the play if he needs to. And you want to talk about longevity. Mike currently is... 45th all-time in the NFL with 10,425 receiving yards. So the only current active players ahead of him right now, uh, A.J. Green, I believe, just announced his retirement. But uh, A.J. Green, Deshaun Jackson, who could be done as well, DeAndre Hopkins, we all know he's in the news uh, at the moment, and Julio Jones, who may never play again as well. Julio's 16th all-time at 13,000. Jerry Rice, obviously. Where's Mike right now? Mike is 45th all time. 45th, okay. Um, so at, if, if you if you give him three more 1,000-yard seasons, right, you add 3,000 to what he's got now, th- then where does he rank? He would be right with, like, Julio. Julio's yeah. at 13,629. So he would be hovering at the top 15 yeah. is Henry Ellard, uh, who played from 1983. For the Rams, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's got 13,777. Yep. So – yeah, if he has three more seasons of a thousand yards per season, which I think is right. very, very reasonable, he'll Agreed. get to that thirteen thousand mark, and then he'll eventually get to that fourteen thousand. I mean, yeah. if he cracks the top ten, he's with names like Reggie Wayne, Marvin mm-hmm. Harrison, Steve Smith, Tim Brown, Tony Gonzalez, Isaac Bruce is at fifteen thousand. Right. I mean, we we say all the time Mike Evans is a Hall of Famer, but the stats prove it too. If you get into the top no ten doubt. as a receiver, like there's really there's really no question about it. And yeah, he's everything that we hate. Everything that annoys us about receivers. Mike right. Evans is not that guy. He's not yeah. a diva. He's never held out for a bigger contract. He's got a, another player that plays the same position at him. That is just as good. If not better. Some people would make that argument. Right. And they're like best of buddies hang out all the time. Great on and off the field different quarterbacks, different situations, new coaches, doesn't matter. They just go in and produce time after time after time. His humbleness, honestly, is astounding. Yeah, there's no doubt. And, and I think the one thing that helps his cause, um, you know, here this is kind of amazing, right? Because you mentioned Michael Thomas, and there's some wide receivers that put up some really prolific numbers, right, in terms of, of um, you know, fifteen hundred yard seasons. Mike's only had one of those. That came yeah. in 2018, 1,524 yards. Mike has never had a hundred yards. I'm sorry, a hundred yards. He's had plenty. Never had yeah. a, had a hundred catch season. The yeah. most he had was 96 in 2016, which was his first year as a Pro Bowler. 
Uh, last year had 77, the year before that 74, the year before that 70. Um, but the things that stand out to, to me about Evans, aside from hitting 1,000 yards every single season, is the touchdown production, 81 touchdowns yes. in the regular season. And he's had four double-digit touchdown seasons, including his first year, which set a single-season franchise record with 12. He tied that in 2016, which, again, was his first Pro Bowl season. Then he topped that in the Bucks Super Bowl season, which was 2020, where he had 13, and then he bested that the next year in 2021 with 14. So he's rewritten the team's record book from, uh, you know, receiving yards, total catches, a single season, um, you know, yardage, and and I believe, uh, well, certainly the touchdowns as well. But the 81 touchdowns, that's going to stack up favorably with with some of these other receivers that uh, when his career is done, he's going to be over 100 uh, touchdowns in his career. That seems to be a given. Um, you know, if he averaged uh, just six touchdowns, well, he would need seven. Seven touchdowns over the next three years, that's 21. That'll, that'll put him at, at 103. So um, yeah, he's, he's already in a class by himself. But with each passing year where he accumulates um, more ridiculous totals, he's just going to solidify himself as that Hall of Famer. And if he uh, ends up getting like 20 more touchdowns, gets to that, um, gets to that 100 touchdown mark, uh, that'll put him in the top 10 for touchdowns. Devontae Adams will probably – he's got a couple more than him. But either way, if yeah. you're in that top 10, top 11, you're one of the best of the best at the position. And when it comes to energy drinks, the best of the best for energy drinks, of course, is Celsius Energy Drinks, the official sponsor of the Pewter Report podcast. We love Celsius for a variety of reasons, starting with all the different flavors that they have, as you see on the screen there. So many different ones to choose from. So make Celsius your number one pick, whether it's uh, the Oasis Vibe, Sparkling Lemon Lime, your Sparkling Orange as well. Um, so many awesome different flavors. Uh, Arctic Vibe is one of my personal favorites. Love the Strawberry Lemonade as well. I had some jackfruit over the weekend too. So an assortment, an abundance of flavors that you can have when you obtain a Celsius energy drink. Now, if you want to know where to find a Celsius energy drink, head on over to uh, the store locator on the Celsius website and um, punch in your address and it will tell you the closest location where you can find a Celsius energy drink at your local Walmart, Target, convenience store, or your bodega, as I bodega. like to Bodega. And then when you want to start getting it in bulk, go over to Amazon, do the subscribe and save, and uh, get it in bulk, get it in abundance, because why have one flavor when you can have so many different flavors? I'd recommend getting the variety pack, because variety is the spice of life. So have it sent to your residence whenever you want, weekly, monthly, quarterly, whenever. Don't matter. Just make sure you're drinking Celsius Energy Drinks, the official sponsor of the Peter Report podcast. You know, we mentioned uh, Mike Evans being, um, you know, or I should say getting some props from from Cameron Jordan. And that's really something because when it, when it comes to the Saints, uh, you know, he I mean, how many times has he picked a fight with Marshawn Lattimore? I think three times. Right. There's yeah. Three, three instances, including this one from last year in week two. 
uh, which ended up getting him suspended for the, the backers game, which was great for week two, not so great for week three. No. But uh, you, you almost have to think, right, that that my bookie or, you know, Las Vegas in general is probably going to put some sort of over under on whether Mike Evans and Marshawn Lattimore get into a fight because they're going to they're going to appear twice together. Right. Uh, it, against the Saints in New Orleans and, and then obviously here in Tampa. Interestingly enough, though, every single time Mike Evans and Marshawn Lattimore have gotten into it, it's been in New Orleans. They really haven't scrapped, to yeah. my knowledge, here in Tampa. Yeah, no. I I just think maybe the raucous crowd in New Orleans, uh, you know, being on the road, you're, you're fighting for every play anyway. And, uh, yeah, I guess Lattimore doesn't want to reciprocate when they're uh, in Tampa. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly. interesting. I feel like Mike has missed more games because of suspension than he has an injury. Exactly. But, man, what a brawl. That was, that was. That was <laughs> Some awesome. Brawl. Yeah. Listen, I, I'm not an advocate of violence, but, you know, sometimes the two players are going to duke it out on sure. the field. Should be allowed. And then remember that whole, the whole process of like the suspension, like Mike wanted to appeal and one yeah. of the guys or Runyon was one of the people yeah. deciding the suspension. And his, but son his son is son on the Saints. For, yeah. Or, no, the Packers. The Packers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was on the Packers. So it was like, oh, well, this is going to give the Packers an immediate advantage. And obviously yeah. it did with Chris Godwin not being available and Russell Gage playing essentially on one leg, but. Yeah, uh, that was a uh, that was a crazy sequence. That whole game was just absolutely wild when you when you think about how it was so tight at the end, and then yes. Rashad Perriman makes that catch, <laughs> Bucks take the lead, then the Bucks yeah. run away with it because they're getting like pick six after pick six, and all yep. these crazy. That was one of the crazy craziest fourth quarters in recent years uh, of yep. uh, covering the Bucks, and some crazy moments for this team. Yeah, uh, yeah, early well, we- early fireworks. Exactly. Um, we're not going to have Mike Evans on the Peter Report podcast. Not yet. Um, he doesn't do a lot of podcasts and stuff, uh, especially during the offseason. Likes to spend some time with his family. It's it's hard to even get him in during the season because he's so focused on on uh, on football. Again, uh, kind of his own worst enemy in terms of of doesn't do a lot of self promotion. Doesn't do a lot of of interviews outside of just the media appearances at uh, at the team's facility. But we are going to have somebody on Thursday's show that knows Mike Evans pretty well, or I should say getting to know him. We're well going to have <laughs> Dave Canales on the show. You know, that's right, the Bucks' new offensive coordinator. We're going to have Dave Canales on the show, and that's going to be a fun one, Thursday night at 7 o'clock. So if you are new to the Pewter Report podcast, we have podcasts during the offseason at 4 o'clock on Mondays and Tuesdays for you folks that just don't want to work during the 4 o'clock hour at work and would rather <laughs> watch this instead. We're here for you, man. Uh, but Thursdays and Wednesday nights at seven o'clock, we hit the primetime audience. So uh, make sure that you tune in for this. So Dave Canales is uh, easily one of the best assistant coaches I've ever covered in terms of, of giving up the goods. Uh, he's a great interview. His press conferences are stellar. I learn something new every single time this guy opens his mouth. Uh, kind of a vast departure from last year, Matt. A uh, very, very big difference for sure. But it's been great every time we talk to Dave Canales. Um, super outgoing, very energetic. That's why we call him the the human Celsius for a reason. Yes. Uh, we'll have to ask thought- him if you drink Celsius. Yeah, very uh, yeah. just thought-provoking as well. I, I think he puts a lot of time and effort just into his responses, whether it's yeah. a question he's been asked a hundred times or it's the first time that he's you know heard a question. So very excited to have him on the show. 
um, get, you know, his opinion on really the, the players that he's coaching now, the, the yeah. new offense, how that's all working. Uh, we've had, we've had some great guests over the past couple of weeks, right. whether it was, uh, Cody Malk or Rashad right. White or Luke Edicke. So yep. uh, excited to have another Bucks figure in Wait the a minute. mix Hold on coming here. up on Thursday. Dave Canales, Cody Malk, Rashad White, and Luke, Luke Edicke. The lifter, yeah. God, we, we've only had offensive people. What am I doing? I have to get on the oh, ball here, man. Yeah, I'm a defensive we, guy, man. We got to do some defense over the next yeah. couple of weeks. That's right. Maybe only I'll, fair. Only fair. Maybe I'll see if I can get Todd Bowles on there. I think he's still calling the defense. Maybe – Maybe we'll get some defensive players on here this summer, too. So yeah, and if you guys have any questions, please uh, feel free to yeah. put it in the chat, and we'll get to as many as we can for yeah. Uh, Dave he's Cal. giving us 30 minutes, which really could only be about two or three questions. So he's yeah, a little yeah. long-winded. But yeah. again, <laughs> we learned so much from Dave Canales. Yes, it's uh, not like a Tom Brady filibuster. Correct. Brady will filibuster, and you won't get any shred of information. Yes. Dave Canales... It might be a 10-minute response, but it's a very meaningful 10-minute Oh, yeah. We'll get like five stories out of out of one response yeah. from Dave Canales. So yeah. he's he's gold. So we're, we're excited to have him on the Peter Report podcast. Uh, heads off to J.C. Allen for setting that up. We'll have uh, – J.C. will be on Thursday night, and we'll we'll have a good time talking with Dave Canales. So we're excited about that. Um, let's get back to, to Mike Evans. You mentioned Mount Rushmore. Yeah. And, you know – Let's let's take a look at, at what Mount Rushmore would look like right now. And just this is my opinion, but if you have any dissenting opinions, pewter people, let me know. But I think right now it, it's all defensive. It just it kind of has to be right. Mm. You've got you've got Warren Sapp and Leroy Selman. Those are the top two sackers right there. Both of those guys were NFL defensive players of the year. Uh Sap was a Super Bowl champion. That gives him a slight edge over over Selman right there. But Selman has the most sacks and really was regarded in terms of putting the Buccaneers on the map, leading that defense to nearly the Super Bowl, all the way to the NFC Championship game in 1979, just four years after the, the Buccaneers became a team. And that's hard to do back then because there wasn't free agency. You had like 17 rounds of the draft, but there was no free agency. So you really had to draft and developmental players, uh, develop players. And Leroy Selman was the Bucks' first ever draft pick. We talked about Mike Evans yeah. being Jason Light's first draft pick. Boy, you talk about a franchise nailing it with the very first pick. That's what John McKay did with Leroy Selman. So there's Sapp and Selman. As much as I love John Lynch and I'm a huge fan, you and I both spent some time out there at the NFL owners meeting talking to John. Mm -hmm. Great guy. He's done a great job. Did a great job after his career, after, actually after his Buccaneer career, helping the Broncos win, and then uh, went to Fox and was was uh, was doing the TV gig. Then he gets the the 49ers general manager job. He's done a great job being the GM out there. Rondé Barber is is the better Buccaneer. He's yeah. he set records uh, for uh, playing the longest, most interceptions. He's got the signature play. And, and now that he's going to be in the Hall of Fame, and I will be out there providing yeah. live coverage for Pewter Report, he supplanted John Lynch on on Mount Rushmore here. And then you've and, got the great Derek Brooks next to him. Yeah, and I would say with Rondé as well, the defense, the amount of defensive touchdowns he's had, yeah. uh, I think is a huge thing. And again, he essentially created the nickel position or made it you know, what it is today, yes. which is like a, a starting role. 
I have a hard time looking at a Mount Rushmore. And when we call Mike Evans the best offensive player yeah. in team history, and yes. yet he's not on the Mount Rushmore. I, I know. It's my now now I'll, I'll is, say this. Yeah. He's not in the Hall of Fame yet, right? Like I couldn't put Rondé Barber there in place of John Lynch until Rondé was in the Hall of Fame. Now he's in the Hall of Fame. He's going to be inducted on August 5th. Um, when it's all said and done, because Mike Evans is still writing a story, right? He is, the, yes. The, these the books are closed. Unwritten. Yeah. Right, yeah. These four books are closed. With each year that passes, and, and it builds that Hall of Fame resume that he has, he could supplant, I'm going to say Leroy Selman. So, so yeah, because uh, Selman Sel will be the only one that it will have not won a Super Bowl. Right. So when I was looking at this, and again, some of it is just generational gaps and and things like that. Yeah. I I never watched Leroy Selman play. To be right. honest, the first time I heard about Leroy Selman, and no disrespect, yeah, it was, it the, was the it was the expressway that okay, I, yeah, that, right. that I've driven on multiple times. Then I learned about Leroy Selman, and I have a ton of appreciation yeah. and respect for what he's done for you know, the city of Tampa right. in general. And he was the one that was making the Bucks relevant, at least by him being a great player when, you know, the right. team was, was starting out. It is tough to have a Mount Rushmore. And again, to leave Mike Evans off, but you have someone that never won a Super Bowl on yeah. this list. So yeah, I think I would swap out Leroy Salmon for Mike Evans. If this is my personal Mount Rushmore, yeah. I agree with you with, uh, with John Lynch. And I think part of it too is Lynch, also had success with the Broncos, and he's in yes. their ring of honor. Correct. So, yeah. Mike, with the longevity of just being a buck, uh, same thing with, like, Derek Brooks. I, I think right. it's kind of, you know, almost untouchable there. Sap yeah. will go down as one of the greatest defensive tackles of all time. Yeah. And Rondé's finally getting his, uh, you know. Yeah. I, to to, to me, when, when Mike Evans gets the Hall of Fame, I think right now Leroy is a placeholder. And, and yeah. no, no disrespect to Leroy. I mean, he, he yeah, deserves yeah. to be there. But there's only four spots. And when Mike Evans becomes a Hall of Famer, which is only a matter of time. I mean, he's right. still playing. I mean, he's, <laughs> he's still working on the book. These, these chapters are done right here. But now, if you, if you were to sit there and say, well, let's look at, at you know, an offensive, because these are all defensive players. If you had an offensive Mount Rushmore for the Buccaneers, then it's real. It's easy, right? He's yeah. there. <laughs> Tom Brady has only three years, but I'm telling you – for what he accomplished, rewritten the Again, single. Yeah, he's an icon. He's an yeah. icon of the sport, and for what he did for the Bucks, yeah, yeah. I, I, it'd yeah. be so tough you, to not put him on. From left to right, you've got Paul Gruber, um, the best offensive lineman in Bucks history. Not the most decorated. That's Tony Mayberry, but I mean Paul Gruber, Bucks Ring of Honor guy. And, and this, he's a placeholder too. If Tristan Wirfs, yes, continues <laughs> at the trajectory he's on. And he stays healthy as long as Paul Gruber stayed healthy because Gruber was an Iron Man. He he set the Bucks' records for the most games played, the most starts that I believe only Rondé Barber beat. I think Mayberry got close, but yeah, Gruber was the Iron Man, and and so but he's a placeholder, I believe, for Tristan Wirfs, who when he ends up calling it a career, hopefully it's in red and pewter. He'll have a Super Bowl in his resume. He'll have uh, multiple Pro Bowls, All Pro, 
considerations, et cetera. Uh, and if it works out, if it works out for him moving to the left side, that's like another kind of yeah. little accolade in itself to <laughs> yes. put on the resume. Hey, I, was, I got all pro I was great on, on the side. right. I was yeah. great on the left. You know, I yeah. was so good at right tackle. I got bored and said, I need a new challenge. Let me move <laughs> over to the left side. Exactly. Now be an all yeah. Pro there. So, you know, there's no no doubt Mike Evans is there. Certainly he's the best. Um, Mike Allstott, the second, and then Tom Brady, again, Super Bowl. Uh, you know, he's he's the best quarterback in Bucks history, sure for sure. And that's the most important position on the field. So you have to give him his due uh, to win a Super Bowl in his first season in a COVID year and then have back-to-back 40 touchdown seasons and yeah. then to make the playoffs all three seasons he was in Tampa, and including back-to-back NFC South champions. Uh, that's that's quite the resume. And of course, Allstott um, helped the Buccaneers score uh, the first touchdown in Philadelphia in the playoffs, which was big in, in 2002. And then a week later, scored the first touchdown ever by a Buccaneer in the Super Bowl, as well as racking up over 70 touchdowns in his career, making, I think, five or six Pro Bowls as a quasi fullback running back. And I think Allstott, what helps him is his reputation, just as for like an exciting type of player, maybe because there's not really a, you know, the fullback has kind of been taken out of the game. Yeah. But occasionally he'll go viral on social media because someone will post like old Mike Allstott, um, like highlights and things like that. And people's like, man, like I miss Mike Allstott. He was a great player. And I'm talking nationally too, not just in the city of Tampa. So the, um, he his career has aged gracefully, even in the modern yeah. NFL, which shies away from the run and is more passing and and stuff like that. So Allstott's got that going for him. But for Mike Evans, Scott, I'm curious what you think. If Mike Evans' career, if he decided today he's going to retire right. and he never played another snap, is he automatically a Hall of Famer, or are we just kind of projecting like, oh, well, he's got three or four more seasons left. He'll put up these numbers, and that will get him into the Hall. Of I Fame. think you can make the case right now that that he is a Hall of Fame type player. He's yes. a Hall of Fame caliber player, but is he a Hall of Famer? Right. We've had to wait now for Rondé Barber. Yes, that's right. We we had point. to wait. We waited a long time. And, and and I think if Mike Evans's career ended right now with with just nine seasons he would probably have to wait uh, yeah he wouldn't several be first years. ballot he would not yeah. be first ballot by yeah any, i mean any means. It, it it might be multiple years that he has to wait now you tack on if he finishes let's say with with 11 12 13 years in the league and we talked about him getting up close to the top 15 then i think he's a shoe in i i think especially with wide receivers it's there's three categories. It's do you have the numbers and Mike will have the numbers mm-hmm. if he continues on the pace that he is for even three more years. And at that time, he, he'll be what, 33. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you've seen yeah. bigger yeah. wide receivers play 34, 35, et cetera. And Mike has never had that, that, you know, torn Achilles or, or ACL injury, anything like that to, to have to really come back from, right. It's always been like a little ding and Nick, a tear, whatever, like a, in an MCL sprain, but nothing major. So I think when you look at the receivers that make the Hall of Fame, it's it's what is your production? Because it's strictly kind of a numbers position. Number two, how many Super Bowl rings did you win? And the number three, did you change the game? Do you have that signature moment or play? And I think it's kind of in that order. He'll have the numbers. He'll have the Super Bowl ring. Does he have the signature play? Eh, no, but I don't think he needs it because yeah. if you have number one and number two, 
um, th then I think he's he's golden. And you know, who knows? Um, a lot of people weren't thinking Super Bowl in terms of the Buccaneers in 2018, right? Uh, in the middle of Dirk Cutter's tenure. Um, and then you fast forward two more years, and all of a sudden you're Super Bowl champions. So what I'm saying is, is nobody's thinking about the Buccaneers winning the Super Bowl in, say, 2025 or 26, right? Nobody has their crystal ball. But, I mean, fortunes can change very quickly in the NFL. If Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask, or if they draft a quarterback in the first round next year, if that player person becomes, you know, the next great quarterback, then this team has got some pieces, man. You know, and if if you give Mike Evans another Super Bowl ring, he's definitely on on the all time Bucks Mount Rushmore. Yeah, and he is a just a surefire lock because not a whole bunch of receivers that have two Super Bowl rings. Right, I believe that. In That's out of Jerry Rice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in terms of um, just arguing and building for a Hall of Fame career, you look at you look at Mike's right now, and the first act was, hey, he put up monster numbers, but the team was bad for a long time. And I feel like he just kind of finished up this second act with Tom Brady retiring. Or maybe this is, you know, the third act. But now he got the, the team recognition and a couple more Pro Bowls and things of that nature. Yeah. This third act will be super, super interesting, specifically for Mike, as he tries to get that, that third contract with the extension, which we could talk about in a bit. Yeah. But again, now working with a different quarterback, whether it's Baker or Kyle Trask or whoever it is, they yeah. draft someone next season. If Mike can stay consistent with his numbers or if the team has success, you got to look at that third act and say, wow, he kept it going even at a yes. later age. And yep. so I think that's really important when you look at his Hall of Fame career. That's I agree right. with you where maybe he doesn't have the necessary specific moment, but that's more of like a cherry on top. Exactly. Uh, that, know, that's that's exactly what it's. More and than I think, anything else. I think that cherry on top helped Rondé Barber because he did have the numbers. Yes. He did have the Super Bowl ring. He did have the longevity. But he also had that signature play. And for and, a – for a questionable position like cornerback, because when people think cornerback, they think Deion Sanders, right? They think yeah. Darrell Revis. They think cover corners. And not to say that Rondé wasn't a cover corner. He was. It's just at 5'10", um, you know, he he had some physical limitations. He he wasn't Deion Sanders or Charles Woodson, a, a six-foot-one uh, type of, of athlete to go out there and do that. And I, I think what, what made Rondé unique was – and probably would hurt him at the same time, especially with today's modern football, where you think nickel corner, most people think, well, that's the guy coming off the bench, right, yeah. onto the field on hey, third you down. Make, you couldn't make it as a right. starting corner, so we'll put yeah. you in this spot. But Rondé Barber was a starting outside corner on first and second down, yeah, and then moved inside, and then reinvented that inside that slot corner with the sacks that he got. That made him unique. I mean, he did. You know, you can sit there and rack up the interceptions all you want. Um, Rondé had, I think, forty-seven, but yeah. uh, it, the sacks, man. I don't see Deion Sanders or Darrell Revis or anybody else having the sacks. He was a playmaker. He was just yeah. a football player who happened to play cornerback. Oh, both cornerbacks, by the way, outside corner and inside corner, and played really damn well. And was a thief at both positions. Yeah, you need those little extra like argument points or however you want to yeah. uh, describe it for like certain players. I wish Rex Ryan would have blitzed Darrell Revis more. He never did because he was such a good 
cover corner. But for Mike, yeah. that cherry on the top, that ace in the hole, is going to be the 1,000 yards record that he it has is. right now. Yes. And that's why he needs to keep building it. Because with all the people we talked about that Mike has been in with, whether it was Brown, Odell, DeAndre Hopkins, uh, Devontae Adams, Mike has never been in the national eyes. Like, he's the number one guy. He's the first guy I'm taking right. every single time. Mike's never really been the leader in receiving yards or catches for a right. season. Or, you know, touchdowns, he's gotten very close. So he needs something else to hang his hat on. And yeah. I really do think it is that, you know, that thousand yard record that only he has. Now that might change right. because of some of the great guys coming up and you get the extra game, which doesn't help Mike's case for new guys coming in that want to yeah. reach break and, and reach tie yeah. and break that record. And I think the other important thing, because a lot of it is, is, is based on the draft class itself too. Cause you have to wait like five years after you retire. Right. So what's going to hurt Mike, especially for the NFL in general, because it's a passing league, there's always going to be a star wide receiver. So yeah. sometimes you got to cross your fingers and hope, Oh, this is a good class where not a lot of receivers are eligible or, Oh, Mike's better than this wide receiver. Yeah. I think it's kind of what screwed over Rondé at times is that he was in a draft class with, you know, Ed Reed or some of the other better defensive backs out there. And Rondé, for whatever reason, got glossed over. And that could happen to Mike if he's with some of the guys year in and year out that when they retire, they might get a little more national attention just because Mike's so yeah. cool, calm, and collected that right. he gets overlooked those first couple of years for the Hall of Fame. But every year, there's someone else great that's eligible, and right. that might hurt him. You know, Mike is a very competitive guy. He's also very much a family guy as well, right? And at some point in time, uh, you make up your, your mind that that you're, you don't love the game as much, right? When, when, when a lot of these guys, not most, but when a lot of these guys start, they're, they're single in their early 20s, right? Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you get married, you settle down, you have some kids, you, you become a family man. Right. That's that's kind of how it is. That, that's why it's like when, when you have Tom Brady at 45, and you have half the Bucks locker room that could literally be his kids. Right. Yeah. In terms of age, it, it's kind of funny. But when, when you look at Mike, um, I think he the one thing I think he takes a lot of pride in is that thousand yard streak, yeah. because that is singular to him in terms of starting his career. And. He does have an appreciation for football in terms of the history of it. He does. And and so he he's a bit of a historian, and he knows his place in history. And I think that even, let's say he gets to, to you know, 11, 12 seasons uh, of 1,000 yards, much like Tom Brady was driven to keep playing to see, like, can I win a ring with that Bill Belichick, right? Can I win another one, right? You kind of get addicted to how – how great can you be, not just for the league's perspective, but within your own mind? Where you start competing against yourself, and yeah. and you start competing against Father Time. It's a very personal battle, and and I think that as long as Mike keeps getting thousand yard seasons, the curiosity is always going to be there. So if Mike three years from now, at, at you know at age going on thirty three, if he still has thousand yard seasons consecutively. At 33, as long as he's under contract and still producing thousand-yard seasons, I would like to think he's still going to be at Red and Pewter. Um, you know, Jason Light, the Glaziers—they have a soft spot for this guy. But I think that streak will keep Mike in the game because how how far can he go? How long can he push it? 
Yeah, and that's can you go 14 seasons? Can you go 15, right? Yeah. No, that's really interesting because I was going to ask you how much longer do you think Mike plays for? One, if he's at uh let's just say 12 seasons in a row with a thousand yards, yeah. you know he's gonna go for it again, have 13, you know, his number right. and yes. 13 seasons of a thousand <laughs> yards. Right. He's definitely gonna do that. Yeah. Um, but the the personal goals of reaching those certain records, that isn't exactly what I was thinking about, but it makes total sense of why it could keep Mike continuously to going. Because just knowing, talking to Mike and interviewing him and all these things, he never struck me as a type of player that just wants to keep going for as long as he can until the wheels fall off. Right. I feel like Mike, when he's in it, he's got his whole heart, mind, body, yeah. soul, and all of his attitude into it. Yeah. But I also feel like, you know, if he doesn't get one of the thousand yard seasons or everything like that, yeah, he could walk away from the game. Agreed. And, and not like totally not agree. have any regrets or anything like that. He's just like, I'm just yes. gonna go back to Galveston. I'm gonna hang yep. out with my family, and I'm gonna enjoy my post NFL career. I yeah. I think Mike is he's motivated by many different things. Right. Um. Where and and he's to, to, a lot to of me, football. I agree with you. I, I think to me that that's the signal, right? If the minute Mike doesn't produce a thousand yard season. I think that's where it might flip in his head. And of course, it's just speculation. I'm not inside Mike Evans' yeah. head. I don't know. But, and he doesn't know right now. He's 29 years old, right? He's getting ready to get a contract extension with the Buccaneers, which Peter Report reported on May 26th was going to happen. It's going to happen this summer, uh, either before or during training camp. But the team wants to get that done. They need to get it done. Now, listen, Mike Greenberg <laughs> was a bit of a genius with the cap. He extended the, the, the contracts of, uh, or I should say restructured. It wasn't like a like a pure extension, but he added some right. voidable years onto Tristan Wirfs and Antoine Winfield, knowing that they're going to get real extensions with real more guaranteed money and, and you know a lot bigger paychecks, et cetera, coming down the road because Winfield is in a contract year. Wirfs is 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 in a uh, year four. The Bucks have already picked up his fifth year option. I would suspect, Matt, you probably agree that before Mike Evans plays on that fifth-year option, they do to him what they did with Vita Vea, which is you already tag him with the fifth-year option just in case, but probably get a contract extension done prior to that. So, uh, so, But the next guy up is Mike Evans. They're, they're going to need some cap room. They were able to sign their draft picks outside of Cody Malk, who's going to – he's up next. But they're going to need some more space to have some of those in-season – uh, emergency signings when injuries strike, mm -hmm. uh, they're going to have to sign their their uh, practice squad players, etc. Uh, so they're going to need some more room. So this Mike Evans deal will will get done. We've kind of talked and speculated that it's probably going to be in the neighborhood of what Chris Godwin got, which is twenty million dollars. Uh, might be three years. That's what Godwin got, but might be four or five, depending on some of those voidable years. But I think it's going to be around twenty million dollars, and it might be like twenty million and one dollar. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> Mike didn't care about the money. Matt, you know this. He's he's given away millions. He's given away more money that we even know about because a lot of the stuff he does is not for the cameras or the fanfare or the notoriety. Uh, he is very charitable with his money. He's never been um, he's never been a guy to hold out or demand a no. trade. Um, he doesn't necessarily want to or have to be the highest paid wide receiver. As a matter of fact, he he even um, went to the team when they were 
you know, trying to sign Chris Godwin and saying, Hey, if you need some of my money to re-sign Chris, make it happen. They didn't because Mike Greenberg is, is a, a cap Jedi, but, but that's the kind of a player he is. So I, I think that this team will give him that, that due that, that Godwin has and, and maybe a, a few more dollars just, just to kind of maintain that one, a one B pecking order. Mike Evans, of course, being one, a, yeah, I mean, Mike doesn't care about money, but he does care about the fans. And we know Bucks fans care about Mike Evans. If you care to bet on Mike to get over 1,000 yards this season, you know, Mike can't bet on it because the NFL put out all these new rules. But you can bet on Mike Evans over at mybookie.ag. They got an online casino now, which is uh, new and exciting for my bookie. We've all been there before. A weekend trip to the casino canceled because real life came calling. Well... My bookie's new and improved online casinos here to change the game. Dive into a truly realistic casino experience featuring the latest in slots, progressive jackpots, and live dealer action, all from the comfort of your own home. Take advantage of weekly blackjack tournaments and a brand new collection of high-end games for a chance at real cash rewards. The MyBookie Casino provides a Las Vegas experience when the action's in your hands. And the best part is you don't even need to wear pants, even though I would still <laughs> recommend doing so. Yeah. Your adventure at the MyBookie Casino begins today with a generous sign-up bonus using the promo code PEWTER. That's P-E-W-T-E-R. Get yourself a sweet deposit bonus. And that's not all, because their revamped loyalty program ensures that you'll be showered with rewards, including free spins, cashback offers, and a host of exclusive VIP perks. The more you play... The more you win. So play anytime, anywhere with the MyBookie Casino. Use that promo code Pewter. You'd also get $1,000 up to your first opponent, uh, first deposit bonus. And even if you learn from Plant City Math, you know that that is a heck of a deal. So check out MyBookie.ag. Yeah, when it comes to the uh, contract extension for Mike Evans, how much is there a concern about he is turning 30 this year? Do we really want to be paying him that much money when he's at like 33, if it's yeah. going to be like a, a three-year extension? What's uh, what's your overall thoughts on, on said topic? I, I think given his track record and with injuries, listen, there's there's definitely some luck involved, right? Um, but there's also a good deal of, of toughness and also preparation. Mike Evans has done a much better job taking care of his body over the last five years or so than he did earlier in his career. When he was uh, a rookie, he was drafted. I think he was... He got up to around 230 pounds. He was kind of like just a really big receiver. He's really leaned out now yeah. over the last couple of seasons. He's closer to 220, and I think that's that's helped him. Uh, you know, he's, he's not like a big hulking Terrell Owens type receiver. Mm -hmm. um, he's not DK Metcalf, um, but you know, if you if you are Marshawn Lit, uh, Lattimore, he will knock your your lights yes, out. Yes, he so. will. He does train. Um, <laughs> he does. You know, UFC and boxing. So. Yes, yeah, very much so. So. Uh, he is, I, I think that bodes well. Uh, remember, this is a franchise that that gave Chris Godwin $20 million coming off of a torn ACL. Yes. So they, they gave Godwin the benefit of the doubt. Why would you not give a guy like Evans who has, uh, I'm looking at his his career right here. Uh, let's see. In uh, in 2014, he played in 15 games, played in 15 games. I'm just going to go down the list here. 15, 15, 16, 15, 16, 13 games in 2019. That's when they only had 16, so we missed three games there. Then 16 in 2020, 16 in 2021, missed uh, one game, and then missed two games last year, one of which was a suspension. 
And then, of course, he was held out the Falcons game mm-hmm. after he already had the, the thousand yards. So, um, yeah, I, I think you give the guy the benefit of the doubt that he's, again, only going to turn 30 in August. So why not sign him with with, uh, you know, for, for three more seasons? I think I think that that's a safe bet. Uh, at least if I have no problem if this team signed him to four or five years just to spread out that that uh, cap money, um, I, I think yeah. he's good for it. He's a bigger receiver, even if he becomes a possession receiver, turning in seven, 800 yard seasons, even 600 yard seasons at age like 34, 35. Mm-hmm. Still, yeah, better than most. I'm in agreement. Uh, I'd be willing to go as far as uh, as four years, but if anyone deserves it, it it's Mike. And yeah. you know, e- even if he starts slowing down that third or fourth year, yeah, there are so many different ways to to get around it. You're like you'll have new receivers, in then you know Russell Gage comes off the books kind of soon. Right. We'll see what happens with Chris Godwin. Yeah, uh, we've seen the box put a lot of trust in undrafted free agent wide receivers, yeah. so. You know, if they end up drafting a wide receiver in a first or second round over the next couple of years, that's not the end of the world mm-hmm. either. So there are many ways to, you know, navigate through it if Mike's production yeah. tends to tail off, which father time, it's it, it's going to happen eventually. Yeah. There's not much really anyone can do about it. So, yep. well, um, yeah, I, I, you, you have to hope that that with what he's done so far that Mike has invested his money wisely, because then, you know, you let your money make money for you uh with with interest and all of that and and uh you know i'm not sure where mike does his financial investments but i do mine at immunity financial and i'm encouraging you to do the same at immunity financial we help you live in the now congratulations we're so happy thank you thank you and even though the now may feel very different you still need to plan for the future how's retirement treating you oh just fantastic i know i say it all the time but you really got to come up to colorado let's do it all right yeah we can help you develop that plan to keep you on track so you can still prepare for tomorrow, today. Amy Financial. Plan ahead, stay ahead. That's right. Amy Financial, the official financial service uh, consultant for Pewter Reports. Uh, they've got over 40 years of experience here in the Tampa Bay area, but they help clients not just in Tampa Bay, not just in Florida, but across the country. So if you're listening or watching this podcast anywhere in the continental United States, give Immunity Financial a call, even if you already have a financial advisor. Why? Because sometimes you'll go to a second opinion for your health when it comes to doctors. Why not do the same thing for your finances? Get a second opinion. Call Immunity Financial for a free, no obligation consultation to have them take a look at your finances. Maybe you like what they have to say and you become an Immuni Financial customer. That's great, but there's no obligation to do so. Give Immuni Financial a call at 1-800-868-6864. That's 1-800-6864. Visit them on the web at immuni.com. And after you talk to Immuni Financial, please make sure that you go and follow us on all of our social media on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We are at Pewter Report. And of course, our YouTube channel, which you're on right now, yeah. is Pewter Report TV. We always have a ton of content that comes out uh, each and every single day. So please like and subscribe to this video. Feel free Getting to sound off to in the 11, comments. 11,000 subscribers. We are very close to 11K. So feel free to uh, sound off in the comments how you feel about Mike Evans. Is he a Hall of Famer? Is he on the Bucks Mount Rushmore? A lot of great topics of conversation. And, of course, Thursday show. So Wednesday and Thursday, we're going 7 p.m. primetime. 
And Thursday, we have a very special guest with Bucks offensive coordinator Dave Canales joining the show. Going to be a ton of fun talking to him about this new Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense. Yeah, this was a great show. Always fun talking about Mike Evans. Uh, yeah. He he can fill a whole show by himself because of all of his accomplishments. And the guy is still writing his book, which is amazing. It's it's uh, the, the, we're we're on chapter going into chapter ten right now, and I think we yeah. have plenty of chapters left um, for sure. I think he gets at least thirteen. I agree with you. Uh, why not match the jersey number that that yeah. uh, that thirteen? So. Uh, It'll be fun because we don't totally know what to expect. Just with yeah. the new offense, new quarterback, a lot of different variables this year. Yeah. So, um, again, can only help his resume if he gets a thousand again. Yeah. We'll put Canales on. on we'll put Canales on the spot and and, uh, and have him guarantee a thousand yard season yeah. for, for Mike <laughs> Evans. So, uh, lots of fun today. It'll be lots of fun tomorrow night at seven o'clock, as well as Thursday night with Dave Canales, the Bucks offensive coordinator. Uh, enjoy having you, Peter. People, as as always, with your your questions, your comments. Appreciate you guys watching the show and also subscribing again to Peter Report TV, which is our YouTube channel. For Matt Matera, I'm Scott Reynolds saying we'll see you tomorrow night for another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Oh. Out.